Happy New Year. From a word from the Lord. Today, Dr. Beach brings us his message entitled, What's God's Will for Me This Year? Here now is our teacher and speaker for a word from the Lord, Dr. Foley Beach. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. As we enter the beginning of another year, I would like us to look together and ask the question together, what is God's will for me this year? What is God's will for me this year? I mean, after all, didn't Jesus say in Matthew seven twenty one, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. What is God's will for me this year? Don't we pray every time we pray the Lord's Prayer, not my will be done, but thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is God's will for me this year? Now, when you review this past year, would you say you accomplished God's will for your life? I hope so. I hope so. Now, the will of God to us humans is both passive and active at the same time. The will of God is passive to us in that God is going to accomplish his will and his plan on earth, period. His sovereignty is universal, for he's the creator and he's the Lord. He's God. He's going to accomplish his good will whether I cooperate or not. He's God. So in that sense, to us, his will is passive. But his will to us can also said to be very active. We can know what the Lord wants us to do. We can know his will for our situation, but it involves our willingness and our participation. To us, it's active. I mean, we have verses like ask, and it will be given to you. Well, what happens if you don't ask? Or give, and it will be given unto you. What happens if you don't give? Or are you going to reap what you sow? His will to us can be very active. Now, the first thing we need to know is that the will of God is a choice. Choice. Jesus said in John 7, 17, if anyone chooses to do God's will, hear that? If anyone chooses to do God's will, he will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Now here he's addressing folks who were amazed at his teaching. But I want you to see that he says one can choose to do God's will. Which also says you can choose not to do God's will. Now I don't know about you, but I want to be one who chooses to do God's will. Too many of us make our plans and then we ask God to bless them. Too many of us decide what we want to do, and then we ask God to get on board with it. So as we look at the coming year, what is God's will for your life? Now, there are several things that I know that are his will for you and for me. The Bible is very clear, but we have to cooperate. I know it's God's will for you, first, to have a growing relationship with him. 1 Timothy 2, 3, and 4 says, This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. 
I know the Lord desires to have a relationship with you and with me, a growing relationship, but we've got to cooperate. Secondly, I know it's God's will for you to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's the great part of the Great Commission. To be a disciple, not just someone who's a good Christian or goes by the name Christian or someone who is just a churchgoer or someone who's just an Anglican. He wants us to be disciples. Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. He said that to the disciples and the disciples went and made disciples and and we're supposed to be disciples and then making disciples. Third thing, I know it's God's will for you to be an ambassador and a vessel of God's love. John 13, 31, Jesus said, By this all men will know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. Part of being a follower of his, I know it's part of his will, is that we are to be ambassadors and vessels of love. Now, if you want to know what love is, Paul gives us a great model or a great paradigm or template of what love is all about, 1 Corinthians 13. Many of you could quote this verse, but I wonder how many of us are applying it. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love. A fourth thing. I know it's God's will for us to have minds constantly renewed so that we will live transformed lives. Minds that are constantly renewed so that we'll live lives that are transformed. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Romans, chapter 12, verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now let me read that again. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Too many of us have not allowed His Spirit to renew our minds by soaking it in His Word, that we're not in a position to be able to test and approve what God's will for us is. This verse tells us that we renew our minds. Then our thinking is transformed. Then our lives no longer conform to the world. That is a non-God pattern. And then we'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. We renew our minds. Then our thinking's renewed. Then our lives are transformed or conform, they're, because they're no longer conformed to this world. And then, he says, we'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. Now, how do we renew our minds? By the Word of God. By hearing it, reading it, learning it, memorizing it, meditating upon it. Remember, you are what you think. Just like you are what you eat. Most of you are focusing on that right now because it's the new year. But you are what you think. I mean, people will say to me, I've read the Bible. Well, good. But are you studying it? Are you learning it? 
Are you memorizing it? Are you meditating on it? And when we do this, we got to continually renew our minds because we live in the world. I mean, yesterday, if, if you're a football fan, you, you probably thought you died and went to football heaven. I mean, it was a yucky day. No one, you know, you don't want to get out. And all day long, game after game after game after game. And if you watched any of those games, you were exposed. You were, all kind of things were thrown into your mind. And unless you're renewing your mind on the word of God constantly, you're going to gravitate right back toward the world. A fifth thing. I know it's God's will for you not to be controlled by anything other than the Spirit of God. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk on wine, for that leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. It's not God's will for you to be controlled by other spirits. Isn't it interesting that the nickname our culture uses for alcohol is spirits? His will is that you and I be controlled by the Holy Spirit and led by His Spirit, not by other spirits. And a sixth thing, I know it's God's will for you to become sanctified. That is how we use our bodies. That how we use our bodies, it becomes holy that we become God-centered, that we become pure. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, the Apostle Paul writes this, It is God's will that you be sanctified. It is God's will that you be sanctified. It is God's will that you be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God, and that in this matter no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. The Lord will punish men for all such sins, for we have already told you and warned you, for God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore he who rejects this instruction rejects, does not reject man, but God who gives you his Holy Spirit. Part of his will for you and me is to become sanctified. And here he's speaking specifically of lust, sexual lust. He's also talking about not having our emotional reactions under control. That's part of being passionate. Passion's not just about sexual feelings. It refers to all our feelings. I can get passionate about all kinds of things and how I use anger and rejection and hurt. You can do all of those things out of control. And the third thing this text tells us is about treating our brothers and sisters wrongly. The bottom line is his will for you and for me is to be sanctified. Now, all these items about the will of God, to have a growing relationship with Jesus, to be a disciple, to be an ambassador and vessel of his love, to have our minds constantly renewed so we can live transformed lives, to be controlled by the Holy Spirit and to become sanctified, couldn't we say those apply to everybody? To everyone? So when we ask the question, what is God's will for me this year? We know it consists of at least those things, right? What about the specific things in our lives? 
What specifically does God want me to do this year? What specifically does God want to do in me and through me this year? First, I think we should ask the question, can we know that? Is this really something we can ask? Well, I think as long as we remember the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 13, that we can have confidence that God will reveal to us his will, or at least some of it. Remember the, the great chapter on love? We just read part of it. At the end of that chapter, he says, For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, and when the perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. Now we see in but a poor mirror, but then we shall see face to face. Now if the Apostle Paul, who was the Apostle Paul, could say, well, I don't know it all. It's in part. We ought to be somewhat cautious, but at the same time, we do know that he will reveal to us some of the things about his will for us. We can discern his will for us this year through several things. First is through prayer, fasting, and meditating on the word of God. Prayer, fasting, and meditating on the word of God. I remember when I was in college, I began to, I got involved in Army ROTC. And after several months, they ended up offering me a scholarship. And the way the scholarship was set up during the first year, basically they paid for everything. And at the end of the second year, I had to sign on the dotted line. Commit four years. And I was ready to do that. And I was a follower of the Lord, and I knew he had called me to ministry, and I thought, well, I'm going to be an airborne ranger chaplain. I'm going to show you can be a Christian and be tough, that you can be a man and be a Christian. I was all into all of this. And I'll never forget sitting on a bus. We were headed to Fort Benning to a training exercise. And I began to think about my future, and all of a sudden, that peace that passes all understanding left. It just evaporated. And so for the next six weeks or so, I mean, I struggled. Lord, is this what you want me to do? And I would ask Christian friends. I asked my dad. I asked all kind of folks. And then bottom line, it came down to nobody could tell me what to do. I had to make the decision. And so I set aside a time, and I got alone with the Lord. I went on a three-day fast. And I got, actually, I went camping to a place that I knew was safe, that I could go and just be alone with God. And it was in the midst of that, I got clarity. I knew I wasn't supposed to. I was called to ministry, but not that ministry. And as soon as I made that decision, the peace came back, the joy came back. I knew exactly what I was supposed to do. The Lord will speak to us. He will guide us if we'll take the time to spend time in prayer, to fast and to meditate on his word and seek what he has to say. A second way the Lord will speak is through dreams, visions, and words of knowledge and wisdom. Now our reading today showed us Joseph taking the baby Jesus to Egypt and then back to live in Mary's hometown of Nazareth. And why did he do that? The Lord spoke to him through the angel in a dream. Now I've had friends, many friends, who the Lord speaks to them in dreams and visions. He hadn't given me those. My dreams are usually crazy, (laughs) but... But, but the Lord uses dreams to speak to them, and it's real and it's valid. He'll also speak through words of knowledge. Those are the gifts of the Spirit from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, words of knowledge and wisdom. 
You're in a situation and he just puts in your mind what you're supposed to know for that situation. And he'll do that with you as to you're looking at the future, what you're supposed to do, what, you're, what he wants you to do. He will give you insight and wisdom. A third way the Lord will speak is he puts desires in our hearts. Psalm 37 verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, some people will say, well, if, you know, delight yourself in the Lord, and I'm desiring in my heart a, a, a new car. So he's going to give me a new car. Well, no, that's not what this is talking about. If I'm delighting myself in the Lord, he's going to put in my heart his desires, what his will is for me. But I've got to be delighting myself in him, not in the world, not in myself, not in what's going on with me. And a fourth way I think the Lord will help us discern God's will for us this year is through the leading of his spirit by personal reflection. By personal reflection. And this is the one we avoid the most. Psalm 139, verse 23, the message quotes this verse this way. Investigate my life, O God. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself what I've done. If anything is wrong, then guide me on the road to eternal life. Self-reflection. Personal reflection. Ted Schroeder, a friend of mine who's the pastor at the chapel at Amelia Island, says, writes this. Self-deception is one of our natural defenses to meditating on our hearts. Searching and knowing our hearts and anxious thoughts. We are prone to do almost anything to avoid self-examination. We have to work hard if we are to see ourselves as we really are. To see ourselves as God or others see us. It takes a certain amount of courage to be able to look into the mirror of God's word and see ourselves as he sees us. Personal reflection. And then he offers some questions as, as well as Gordon McDonald about how to do this. And I I just want to share these with you. They're in your notes so you can take them home and reflect on these later today. But I think they're good questions to ask. Number one, what what have my prevailing feelings been? And what are they at the present? Has there been a preponderance of sadness, of fear, of anger, of emptiness? Or has it been a time where there's been joy and enthusiasm that's been my dominant mood? Number two, What have the blessings been, those acts of grace that have come from others, or as I perceive it, come directly from God himself? Can I express praise and appreciation? Number three, have things happened for which I need to accept responsibility, perhaps leading to repentance? Why did they happen? Were they avoidable? And how can they be prevented in the future? Number four, Is there a possibility that I'm living in denial of certain realities? Painful criticism, habitual patterns and attitudes that are hurting me and others. Number five, are there resentments or ill feelings toward others that remain unaddressed or unforgiven? Number six, this is one of my favorites. In the company of others, whether that's spouse, children, friends, Am I a pleasant person to be around? Are people challenged 
elevated, enthused when I enter the room. As someone has observed, some people bring joy wherever they go. Others bring joy when they go. (laughs) Which am I? (laughs) What is God trying to say into my life today? Through scripture, through other readings. What has he been saying through those in my inner relationships? Through critics? What insights swirl up and out of the deepest parts of my soul? Number eight, what are the things I might do and say that would make people in my life feel more loved and appreciated? Number nine, am I mindful of the socially awkward, the poor, the suffering, and the needy in my local world or in the larger world? How do I respond to the current events of this world through the lens of biblical worldview? Number 10, how am I spending my time and my money? Do I see them as God's time and money lent to me? Number 11, how is my prayer life? Number 12, am I growing and maturing as a follower of Jesus? And then number 13, am I prepared to meet Jesus face to face today if I'm unexpectedly called into his presence? Some questions to reflect on. God will reveal his will through his Holy Spirit as we spend time in personal reflection and bringing it into his presence. Now, we're in the midst of a 24-hour prayer vigil, a time in which our congregation is committing and dedicating this new year to the Lord. And we began last night at 6 o'clock, and people have been praying through the night, and it will go on this afternoon till 6 o'clock, asking for God to have His will among us, that what we say and do as a congregation and individually will be what He wants. Spend some time in the next few minutes praying and asking God to give you clarity about His will for you in this coming year. So let's now spend some time in prayer and let's remember the words of the psalmist in Psalm 143.10. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground.
If you would like to get a copy of today's message, write to us at P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia, 30655. Or you can order online at awordfromthelord.org. If you have any comments or questions, you can email Foley at foleybeach at awordfromthelord.org. For everyone here at A Word from the Lord, it is our prayer that you would be seeking a word from the Lord.